as the outstanding screen system of the future. Why submissive women are happier, happier. Her name is Piper Bluff. Welcome to WTPRRadio.com. This is the morning show with the birds, the bees, and all of the other wild animals. Well, creatures that you like to hear in the morning. Probably not a tiger. That's not a good sign. Though it might just wake you up. You never know. Uh huh. Well, 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 what have we got today? We are, of course, broadcasting live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and... Oh yeah, WTPRRadio.com in the backstage area. This is the place to be, uh-huh. Who do we have in the backstage area? I've, saw, I've seen some people. There's Midnight Smoke there already. Mm-hmm. Midnight Smoke is in the backstage area. Thanks for being there, Midnight Smoke. Getting back to our show, our morning show. Oh, well, depending on how uh, your morning is going, what you're doing, maybe it's afternoon for you, maybe it's not even morning. Imagine that. You can always participate. Participation is the best. Yes, I want you to participate. Why? Because if you don't participate, it's not really your show anymore, is it? Uh-huh. It's my show and not your show. It needs to be our show. Yeah, I know we're learning like all the pronouns today. Okay, meaning that, well, you can live comment on YouTube at the Piper Blush Radio Show or on WTPR Radio in the backstage area where there's also a live comment section. And I know these birds are just calming and soothing everything you've got inside of you. It's like taking a tea or marijuana. It depends on you. Of course, of course. Well, this show is always kind of in uh, four segments. Mm -hmm. For those of you who are new to the morning show, meaning the first 15 minutes I just kind of talk about myself, what happened yesterday, what happened uh, in general. Mm -hmm. Read the comments and then, well, we got three subjects. Yes, three subjects of the day. I know, this is crazy, Piper. What do you do? Where do you find these subjects? I find them on the internet. Oh yeah, on the internet. Some subjects are actually sent to me by you. Yes, meaning that you can send me some subjects if you want me to talk about them. If there's something you've seen on the internet and you're like, wow, this is crazy stuff. Uh-huh, Piper, you should definitely look into that. And more people should be aware about this. Mm-hmm, <laughs> So that's what I do. I receive many, many information. Where did I receive them from? Well, on WTPRRadio.com, there is a contact us page <laughs> i know sounds boring but it isn't it isn't in the contact us page you can actually contact us yeah that's me <laughs> piper blush when you do that well you send a kind of email but through the contact us page easier easier you just put your stuff in there information anything you like and then well i contact you back Ooh, that sounds scary no, it's not magical or anything. Uh, it's just, it's just the way it goes. So if you want to make a collaboration, yeah, you never know. Maybe you want to collab. Maybe you want to be on the show with me. Maybe you've got a product to produce. Maybe you're getting your new album out. Maybe you're a garage rock band. Uh huh. Is deciding that they're gonna go on tour. I don't know. You tell me. Maybe it's the birthday of somebody you like and enjoy. Like hi, Randy. Uh huh. Wayne told me about you yesterday. He said you were well endowed. But I'm not going to repeat that on air. No, no, no. So if ever you're watching, well, good morning. If you're not, well, Wayne's probably going to show you this show anyways. So have a good one, Randy. Uh-huh. Thanks for tuning in. 
Now, oh, we can also do birthdays. Yeah, birthdays. If ever you have a special someone who has a birthday, a bachelorette, anything to celebrate, really. Circumcision. I don't mind. Vasectomy. Whatever that is. Mm -hmm. You tell me. Yeah, you tell me in the contact us page on WTPRradio.com and I'll make sure to pass your message on to all of my followers on the radio. Yeah, 24-7 live radio. That's on WTPRradio.com or, well, every time I'm live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and Twitch. That's a lot of places to be live. That's a lot of people that are going to hear this message. So make it good. Make it funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make it real funny. You know, you, you need to make it funny. You need to do something that's kind of like genuinely funny. And, uh, well, maybe just put a little inside in there. You know, like an inside. What's an inside, Piper? It's kind of these things that happens between like a posse of people or two people. Mm -hmm. And when you're like uh, two people together, yeah, 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 you you get this this kind of a moment. This is There's a moment that creates. You want me to tell you, like, I'll give you an example of moment, okay? So there was this time when I was doing like some uh, photo shoots with Crystal Powers. Yeah, you can find her on YouTube, Crystal Powers 69. Now she's also called a drum milf. Well, she called her herself like, that mm -hmm. because she drums and well she's a milf <laughs> mother i'd like to be uh -huh, that word well so we were on the bed yeah, in my bed uh -huh, doing uh, like photo shoots like photo shoots like a uh, you know well kind of bdsm photo shoots okay we were there and then well she was in the in the pillared pillard pillardy pillardy is that the word uh-huh you know the thing where your head and your hands are kind of cuffed in the thing yeah and then people throw you like food uh-huh well not because they want to eat no it's because you did something bad yeah i have that like at the end of my bed if you haven't seen the bed wtprradio.com the pictures are on there okay so this bed well it was like that so crystal powers was like in there because we were taking pics and all that and well i got off the bed to kind of well liberate her at some point because she was like screwed in <laughs> she's like really screwed in yeah there's some screws there mm-hmm and it, well it, she'd been in there for a little bit so it was time to kind of liberate her and well i tripped kind of and fell uh -huh. i fell off the bed i fell off the bed and crystal was like are you okay uh -huh. she thought well she couldn't see why because she was trapped in the bed i mean it's a torture device so she was trapped in there couldn't see uh-huh i fell off and then i was like no no i'm good i'm good i'm good but she couldn't do anything why she was trapped in the bed <laughs> and so well it's okay I, i i got it back up it was all cool i went and got the screwdriver we liberated her and everything was fine <laughs> but that's an inside joke meaning that well you kind of needed to be there to find it funny even though it's funny if like i tell it to you um because you can kind of picture it you can imagine it but it's really a moment that happened between crystal and i you know uh -huh. me falling off the bed and it's a high bed yeah the bed is actually like At least one meter tall, like kinda. It's higher than my waist. Oh yeah, so it, it was a steep fall. It was a very, very steep fall. Mm -hmm. Well, all things considered, that's what you need to do. Yes, you need to participate in the show. You need to make it fun, and you can do so by being there in the live comment section and by leaving comments, sharing this video with everybody you know, and of course, sending me things in the contact us form. Uh -huh. Anything you want, anything you want. Yeah. Because, well, because maybe, maybe, just maybe you could kind of be featured on the show. It's super easy. Like, do it. Do it now. Mm -hmm. What did we talk about in Love, Lust and the Devil episode 20? No, 121. 121. Yeah, can you feel the vibes? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Penis enlargement. That's what we talked about. Penis enlargement. Would you do it? Would you get your penis enlarged if it was ever super mega easy? Uh-huh. 
plastic surgery. Like super mega easy. Now, I know you were there, you listened to the show Love, Lust and the Devil about penis enlargement. But did you, did you answer the poll? Uh-huh. Because there's a poll about it. Yeah. Where is it? I got it right here. Okay. Let me, give me a moment. Give me a moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. All right, you go to wtprradio.com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, well, on wtprradio.com, there are a few blog articles. Now, you click on the one that says plastic surgery for men. A closer look at penis enlargement. Ooh, this is guy that looks super satisfied of his penis. Yeah. Now, you scroll down, you scroll down. And if you want to see about the whole video, because it was a video before it was kind of a blog article and anything like that. Well, super easy. The video, the YouTube videos, right there. You can click on it and watch it. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. Or just listen to it. Just listen to it and don't watch it. Whatever. Then you you scroll down. You scroll down. And what is this? <gasps> What's your take on penis enlargement surgery for men? Mm-hmm. I mean, we need some data. We need to know what uh, Piper's fans or like WTPR radios fans. What exactly do they want? Do they feel comfortable with this, not comfortable? I'm going to read it to you. What's your take on penis enlargement surgery for men? Vote now and share your thoughts below. Don't worry, this is anonymous. Uh-huh. Nobody's going to see your name. Nobody's going to see nothing you input in there. It's just, it was a bit of a tie yesterday. Mm-hmm. In the actual caller, we had three cherry popping. Uh-huh. Three cherry popping. Yeah. Three people called for the very first time on Love, Lust, and Devil. That's always wonderful. Mm-hmm. But the thing is... Some men were like, yeah, do it. But then when they were thinking of surgery, they're like, no, I won't do it. That's why, that's why, well, maybe after reflection, after sleeping on it, maybe your thoughts have changed. So maybe you need to vote. Maybe now is the best time for you to vote. So go vote. There are four, four possible options. Uh-huh. Not sure I need more information. Okay, then just read the blog post because it says it all in the blog post. So you got all the info you need over there. It depends on the individual circumstances and reasons. Okay, so maybe you don't want to do it. Or maybe you think that globally it would be some kind of individual's choice. Which makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, it may be just maybe somebody's doing it for ego. Maybe somebody's doing it well to please themselves. You're not sure. Unnecessary and risky. Embrace your natural size. Well, some people are kind of scared of going... Going to sleep a little bit mm-hmm, and then getting their, well, their genitalia kind of cut tick, tick, <laughs> for some reason, mm, for some reason. So they would prefer to just keep their natural sizes because they won't go under surgery or they don't want to have surgery, which is OK, too. And then, well, somebody could say a life changing confidence booster. Go for it. Ooh, again, again, let's say that's super easy, super easy, but still plastic surgery, but super easy. Would you do it? It's not about philosophy. It's not about the surgery. It's not about the price. You got all the money in the world. It's not about that. Uh-huh. It's about, do you think that it was available? If it was available and as easy as breast augmentation, kind of, you know, well, more men would do it and you would do it. You would participate. Let me vote now. Okay. I'd say a life-changing confidence booster. Go for it. Let's say, you know, you have some, some little self-confidence problem and, and this will resolve it. Maybe it will. Maybe you talk to your psychologist and all that and this is the option that you feel, like, good about. Well, definitely go for it. So I go vote. Uh-huh. And we'll see what we have here. Ooh. Oh, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. I'll let you go check it out on your very own mm-hmm, on WTPRradio.com. Yeah, so you can see the results and maybe, just maybe, you can make it go your own way. Because from what I've heard yesterday, 
Most men would want bigger. Yes, most men would want bigger. But at what cost? At what risk? That's always the thing. Pain versus gain. Mm-hmm. It's the equation. It's the mathematical equation that you cannot go without. Ooh. We are gonna talk about Barbie and Moondust. Oh yeah. Barbie is helping us conquer conquer space in well moon dust because moon dust is actually pretty bad it's pretty toxic to humans uh -huh. did you know this yeah not good at all uh-huh so barbie is helping us with moon dust and then of course of course well dog walkers in new york city are making a fortune did you know that do you like dogs maybe it could be your next career dog walker because they're making some big money over there mm -hmm. and of course well adventure lock ventriloquist uh-huh you know those people that talk with a puppet yeah 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 well i've got a bit of history for you and a bit of you know ventriloquist it's kind of creepy it's kind of creepy in a way we're gonna talk about one of the most famous ones out there and well just what was his worst enemy as a ventriloquist oh yes and here we have Wayne good morning piper had a lot of fun last night I did too. Thank you so much for tuning in, Wayne. Oh, yeah. And Wayne, money! Yes! Thank you for your generous donation. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing, Wayne. Thank you for your generous donation. Thank you again. Everybody can donate. It's super easy. All you need to do is click on the super chat button or the big heart underneath any video on YouTube. This is kind of the tanks, which is kind of a tip on YouTube. Mm -hmm. A woman wants to date me, but she lives in UK. Game over. Oh, well, it's kind of cool and kind of not cool, Wayne. It's cool because, like, I mean, you have long distance, but then long distance. Like, are you going to ever see her? Uh -huh. Andrew T. Andrew T. did actually, actually kind of was pen pal with a woman. And then he met her. They had incredible sex. And then he meets her sometimes. But yeah, they do live, like, in different countries. So if ever you're thinking of maybe going in the UK at one point, I would say, mm, maybe just keep on pen paling for a while. But if not, I mean... Like, you know what they say? Far from the eyes, far from the heart. Sit Lord Billy. Hello, Piper. Hello, Sit Lord Billy. Thanks for tuning in. All right, we also have Dr. Pikachu somewhere on there. Hey, Dr. Pikachu. We'll go on a short break and we'll be right back to talk about Barbie and Moon Dust. Don't worry. It's going to be cool. It's going to be really cool. You've ever wanted to be on the moon? Be a moonwalker? Well, stay tuned. Don't miss it. I get this. It's from London. Oh! Barbie, yes, they are like having this movie, but Barbie is not about just girly stuff and like uh, you know girly stuff. Uh -huh. No, actually, Barbie's beginnings were wild. Uh -huh. Like you want Barbie was actually risque. 
Yeah, Barbie was sexy. Did you know this? Uh huh. She wasn't called Barbie back then, though. She wasn't called Barbie. So imagine this. Okay, we're talking like a March 1959. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, you, you, you got it. You got it. You're there in your head. Okay. Now her name. Her name was actually Barbara Melishin Robert. That's her full name. It's not Barbie. Barbie's just a kind of a nice nickname. Like Piper. You know, you call me Piper. Why? Because it's short enough. Don't go like taking off some letters. Uh huh. That's, that's short enough as it is. So her little name, Barbie. But Barbie wasn't Barbie. No. Barbie was actually a risque souvenir that you bought after going purchasing some tobacco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you see, you got everything wrong there. You got tobacco, you got sexiness. Oh my God, this sounds like the devil. <laughs> not to worry, we're not going to talk about Barbie on Love, Lust and the Devil. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. No, but we could, but we could. Because Barbie is kind of a, you know, this stripper that decided to become something else in her life. Or this porn star that decided to become YouTuber. Rings a bell? Yeah, me too. I kind of have some deja vu here. Well, that thing is, Barbie... She started as a risky souvenir sold at tobacco shop. But her name was not Barbie back then. It was actually Bill Lily. Yeah. And she was inspired from a German comic strip. Whoa. So Barbie was actually in comics and then she was an actual, well, Barbie doll. Mm-hmm. But she was sold with tobacco. So I'm thinking maybe not to children. Are you getting me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so far from the sex doll, but in a tiny mini version. After that, well, of course, she was purchased by Mattel. Mattel, we all know Mattel. She was purchased by Mattel and they kind of decided to rebrand her a little bit. They're like, Barbie, you stop being a whore, Barbie. Uh-huh. We're going to do something else with you. So they kind of dressed her up. They, they gave her some careers. Uh-huh. Did you know Barbie had two? 200 careers in her lifetime, 64 years old, and 200 careers. That's a lot of careers for Barbie. Mm-hmm. So she's been pretty much everything. She's tried pretty much everything. And, well, in 1965, yes, 1965, that's about, how many years? That's about like four years. Four years before the first man on the moon, Neil Armstrong. Uh-huh. Well, Barbie was already an astronaut. Uh-huh. She beat them to it. To it. Yeah, she was. Now she had blonde hair, some bangs and stuff like that. I'll show you, I'll show you. I have it on here. Mm-hmm. What did Barbie look like as an astronaut? Well, she looks... She looks good. I mean, she looks good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you go to WTPRradio.com, well, you can find you can find Barbie as an astronaut. There you go. She's right there. 1965. You got her in a moonwalker outfit. Uh-huh. She's blonde. She's got blue eyes and like some blue powder over her head. Now, okay, she might seem a little bit uncanny, but, you know, toys in 1965, it's not what it is today. Like, didn't have 3D printer yet, okay? So you need to... Okay. Calm down, uh-huh. it's all gonna be fine. So this was Barbie in 1965. Mm-hmm. Very different from what we know Barbie to be today. But she was, she was, she was a career Barbie. Uh huh. She was a self-empowered woman. She was doing other stuff in her life. Mm-hmm. And she was a moonwalker before we even landed on the moon. Now Neil Armstrong, of course, well made this step, this great step, uh uh-huh, for mankind, and July 20th, 1969, that's when it happened, the moon landing, or did it happen? Ooh, that's a subject for another time, Mm -hmm. maybe mysterious minds, now there's that guy that punched the other journalist that told him that he didn't go on the moon, so maybe you should take it up to him, uh uh-huh, maybe you should ask Buzz Lightyear. What he thought about going not on the moon and going in Hollywood studios. He seems to have a, yeah, kind of a good hook about that one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the thing is, there's a lot of science around going to the moon. 
a lot of science. Did you know that moon dust, dust is actually toxic? Like toxic to humans? Uh huh. It's not like, yeah, let's go on the moon and let's get topless. No, you don't do that. It's bad for your skin. Uh huh. It's not good for you. Uh huh. Not good for you at all. So, what happens with all of these astronauts? I mean, they're, they're on the moon. They go on the moon. So, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Lightyear. I know it's not his name, but you know, this it's inspired by him. Of course, it has to be. Call me Pixar. I want to know. Was it inspired by him? Mm hmm. So the thing is, the thing is, when Neil Armstrong and his uh, crew, yeah, well, Apollo 11, uh -huh, they landed on the moon. Well, they knew that moon dust wasn't like super chill. Yeah, it's, it's not cool. So what they did, they took like a, you know, a brush and they, they needed to brush themselves off before going back into like the little space thingy, uh -huh, the, the little capsule they were in. They had to do that, okay, to make sure that they had as little moon dust on them as possible. Why? Because moon dust is awful. Uh -huh. It's toxic, it's electrostatic, and it has like other weird thing to it. Let me check my notes. I got it here. I got it here. Okay, abrasive. Yeah, it's abrasive. Abrasive. It's like, um, you know, fiberglass. Same, same, but different. Uh -huh. Would you like inhale fiberglass? No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. It's the same thing. And it gets everywhere. Well, because it's electrostatic. It's a bit like styrofoam. Have you ever cut styrofoam? It just goes everywhere. It sucks to you for hours, for days. You just find it everywhere. Everywhere. Same, same, but different. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, the thing is, this is a real problem for astronauts. Yeah, the dry cleaners up at NASA, they're freaking out, uh-huh, because it goes everywhere. It's very difficult to take off, uh-huh. And then, well, because it's so abrasive and it's so tiny, because we're talking moon dust, so it's like dust. Well, it actually makes it very hard to close the zipper back again, uh-huh. So, meaning... That is, destroys the zippers. It does. It destroys the zippers. Like, because it gets stuck in there at one point, well, you can't use the actual, well, astronaut suits anymore. <laughs> so, people are always trying to find a solution for these things that are, well, costing money or uh, making it so that it is more difficult to be an astronaut. Yes, and we want more astronauts, don't we? I guess we do. Yeah? Hooray! I knew it. I knew you would want more astronauts up there. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens, Piper, when you actually kind of uh, get in contact with moon dust? With this alien entity that is moon dust? Not good things, uh-huh. You get what is called, I got it right here. It's called lunar hay fever. <laughs> Imagine this, lunar hay fever. So, it's kind of like hay fever. Same, same, but different, but it comes from moon dust. <laughs> Instead of the actual, like, uh, you know, hay that is cut, well, in usually, usually kind of close to, well, uh, October. And, well, before that, before that, but at the end of summer. Now, this moon dust is a problem. It's a problem. What do we do about a problem? We find a solution. So, they decided to find a solution. Why? Because astronauts, imagine this. You're traveling, you're traveling in space, uh-huh. And then you get hay fever. But, like, lunar hay fever. So, what does that mean? You get sore throat, you get watery eyes, uh-huh, and... You get sneezing. Apichu! Imagine sneezing in your helmet, you don't see anything. This is like full of saliva. This is windshield wiper. Uh -huh. You can't do that. You don't go sneezing in your spacesuit. It doesn't work like that. Uh -huh. I think they have the things now. <laughs> I'm your father. <laughs> Maybe so they don't sneeze in there. Mm -hmm. Now, once uh, this is all kind of bad, it's all bad. Uh -huh. You don't want lunar A fever. Well, some person, uh -huh, some person, some scientist people in school, they found a way. They find a way to maybe, maybe, well, eradicate approximately 98% of moon dust. Uh-huh. 98% of moon dust. Imagine this. How do they do it? 
nitrogen. What? That's like dangerous, Piper. Huh? Nitrogen? Like, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so what they do is they take liquid nitrogen and they blast it on the suits. But to test this experiment, who did they use? What did they use? They used Barbie. Uh-huh. They used the Barbie doll to test it out. Now, don't worry. She's not like naked and all that. Uh-huh. Though she doesn't really have intimate parts. That's the weird part about Barbie. The thing is... What they did is they, they made her a tiny weeny little spacesuit, uh-huh, out of Kevlar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has a teeny weeny little spacesuit. She's her Barbie self, uh-huh. And then she's there and she uh, is covered in moon dust. Is it real moon dust? No. Uh-uh. Why? It is illegal, uh-huh, to buy or sell moon dust. Mm-hmm. Now, because it is illegal to buy or sell moon dust, yeah, meaning if you're an astronaut, you go on, like the moon, and you come back down, and you're like, yeah, I got this stash of moon dust. Well, you can't sell it, and you're not allowed to buy it either. It's toxic, it's toxic, you don't want to touch that stuff, Uh anyways. So, well, the scientists here on Earth, they had to find kind of a substitute uh for moon dust, so that they could test their theory, they could test their experience. What did they found? They found ash. Uh-huh. Ash from Mount St. Helen in its uh, eruption of 1980. Mm-hmm. Now, because ash is a bit kind of sticky as well, and it has some of the same pro- proprieties, propri- yeah, that word, uh-huh, of moon dust, it was the perfect substitute. Meaning that, well, they didn't do anything illegal. Don't worry about it. Uh-huh. They took actual ash from a volcano, the St. Helen volcano. Now, well... It does a bit the same thing. It does a bit the same thing. So they tested their nitrogen blast mm-hmm. on the Kevlar suit and on the Barbie. You want to see? I know you want to see. Okay, cool. I'll show you. It's on WTPRRadio.com. Mm-hmm. Let me put some little background music, yeah? Yeah, you want to see this. I know you want to see this. Okay, so if you scroll down, if you scroll down, you see Barbie. She's right there, Barbie. Uh-huh. Barbie is in an actual well, spacesuit, or kind of. I mean, they weren't really fashionistas, the people that did it. But she's got her spacesuit. She's cool. She's cool. She's in there. Mm-hmm. And, well, what they're going to do is they, they kind of dripped her in ash, which is supposed to be like moon dust. So same, same, but different. And then they blast her with liquid nitrogen. That's what they do. Let's, let's see them blast her. <laughs> they're going to blast her, yeah. <laughs> All right, all right, it's taking a while to load, uh-huh, here we go. So he has that kind of a nitrogen gun, and he's just like blasting Barbie, he's just like blasting her. Yeah, blasting her. You can do it, Barbie, you can just don't do nothing, Barbie, and wait for it, wait for it. I know, it's very short, it takes only like 10 seconds, uh-huh. You can see that some of the particles are actually like not on the suit anymore, not on the suit anymore. Whoops, okay, let's go like there. Perfect, perfect. Now... What happens? What happens when the liquid nitrogen comes in contact with the Kevlar? Ooh, that's an interesting science part, okay? So what happens is actually, actually, well, the liquid nitrogen, when it comes in contact with the hot stuff, uh very, very hot stuff, what it does is it kind of explodes. It expands 800 times its actual, well, you know, its actual size. Meaning that if there's moon dust or something else on there and the nitrogen goes there, what it does is it creates a tiny explosion. And so everything close to it is going to disperse. Disperse like somewhere else. So maybe fall on the floor or like disintegrate. Uh Now, 
Well, meaning that the suit, the suit becomes cleaner and 98% cleaner. Yes, it gets rid of approximately 98% of the moon dust on the Barbie suit. Uh-huh, that's crazy. So Barbie being an astronaut and now Barbie being a super scientist guinea pig is amazing for all of the little girls out there who want to not be guinea pigs, but more likely be Barbie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is super amazing. It's super amazing because that's exactly what it says. And so... Nitrogen or liquid nitrogen is more like a cryonics. You know cryonics? It's like a cryonic fluid. Uh And it it works that way because, again, because of this little explosion, it does from going up and then taking all the particles and making them vanish, making them not go on the Barbie suit. Uh This is possibly one of the amazingness discovery yes because it will help it will help will probably save suits so maybe more ecological mm-hmm. plus we'll make sure that the actual well astronauts well they don't get lunar hay fever it shouldn't be so cool if you're like at the space station and then you're going to the moon and coming back and then you get lunar hay fever yes yeah, sore throat sneezing watery eyes that's not great that's not great and at one point well you need to take what's inside, uh-huh, and bring it outside, and then you need to come back inside. So that's the problem, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's why sometimes you see, like, in the sci-fi movies, these vents where it goes... And then there's, like, some wind and some stuff in there, so it takes off most of the debris. Most of the moon does particles. Well, maybe now they've found a way. And don't worry, I mean, liquid nitrogen, you shouldn't use that on you in general. But it's a, they're controlling the blast, they're controlling, like, the intensity and all these things, so that it doesn't really, like, ruin the actual suit and will kill the astronaut. You don't want that. This is already a dangerous enough job. Mm-hmm. All right. Don't go anywhere. Right after this, we're going to talk about dog walkers who are making a fortune in New York City. Maybe you need a change of career. I get this. It's from London. Oh! WTPRRadio.com. This is your host, Piper Blush. Mm-hmm. Now, now, now. We are going to talk about actual dog walking as a side hustle. Or maybe as your main hustle. Mm-hmm. In the morning show, we always talk about crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, not to worry, not to worry. I know there's a bit of an issue with Twitter, Twitch, Facebook. It's just because it doesn't have the right title this morning. But we are episode 122. Yes, 122. Now, sometimes, you know, things like that happen. Not to worry, you'll be able to catch on to this show as it is. Episode 122. Now, dog walking in New York City. Okay, during the pandemic, did you know that people actually purchased dogs to cats and dogs? Huh? 
What? Why would they do that? Yeah, I know, I don't get it. I don't really like animals in general. But some people were alone. They were in their homes. They were trying to find a way to get out, even though there was kind of special curfews. And usually you could go out if you had a dog. <laughs> so some people might have abused the system. Uh-huh. And other people, well, really felt more alone and needed some company and some social life. So they decided to purchase an animal, a company animal. Yes, that's how you call them in French, animal de compagnie. So they did that, they did that. And then, well, uh, slowly but surely, the pandemic kind of lifted and, well, the restrictions lifted. And these animals, well, they were spending all their time with you. You working from home. Uh-huh. Or you just, well, needing to go to work downtown now. Or needing to not be at home as much as you were during the pandemic. So what happened to all these animals? Well, one guy, a dog walker from New York City. Yeah, the big apple. Mm-hmm. He actually started a dog walking business before the pandemic. And it was going good, it was going good. But then the pandemic hit. Oh yeah, super bad stuff. Mm -hmm. The pandemic hit and, well, it just... Ooh, nobody wanted to walk their dogs anymore. Well, probably because they were walking their dogs all by themselves. For one. And then for two... Some people actually decided to go to their cabins, to go somewhere else, to evade the city. Because they had the time to do so, they had maybe some family or something like that. Uh -huh. So they went and quarantined somewhere else, leaving the big cities. Mm -hmm. And this dog walker, well, wasn't making kind of that much money anymore. Until, slowly but surely, back in 2022, mm -hmm, people started to, well, come back to New York City and... Will have their normal jobs, normal life, but with the addition of a dog, cat, or something like that. Now, we're going to talk just about dogs. Now, dogs in general, unless they're a chihuahua, they kind of need to go out for a walk. Uh -huh. They kind of do. Well, because that's what a dog does. It kind of walks and runs and go catches the ball. That's what a dog does. Mm -hmm. So, well, he saw a pretty good increase in his dog walking abilities. Yes, yes, yes. More and more people were actually seeking, seeking dog walkers. Now, did you know that just in New York City, there's over 60, no, there's 600,000 dogs. 600,000 dogs in New York City. That's a lot of dogs. Uh -huh. 600,000. That's a lot of dog food. That's a lot of dog part, park. That's a lot of dog poop. Uh -huh. That's a lot of dog everything. Yes, yes, yes. Meaning that, well, dog walkers are a thing. Yeah, they are. Maybe you're the owner of a dog and... So maybe, just maybe, you don't want to walk them. It's a bit like, you know, when you have kids and you purchase a babysitter or a nanny. You don't want to take care of them. That's fine, uh -huh. as long as you, you, you find somebody to take care of them instead of you. Mm -hmm. It's when you don't do that, it gets kind of weird. So some people were seeking out some dog walkers, dog sitters, and all these dog people, dog-friendly people. And, well, Michael Josephs, mm -hmm, he actually founded Parkside Pups. Pups, Parkside Pups, a dog walking company. Now, Piper, we want the real money. We want to know how much this guy is making. Okay, so you have to know, you have to know that right now he has nine dog walkers like under him. It's a business. It's a business of dog walking. It's not just him like doing it on Saturdays. No, no, no. He has nine dog walkers. Imagine that. That's a lot of people. Uh -huh. That's a lot of people. So what he does is he charges approximately, well, $20 USD for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking to compare prices and stuff like that, well, now you know. That's how much he charges. Then for one hour, 25 uh -huh, 25 Why is it only $5 more for a half hour more? Well, 
He says it like this. If you'd ask your dog, I think he'd want to stay out for 30 minutes more. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, huh? Because dogs, they love to be outside. Now, it's not only for the outdoors, huh? It's also because often they're with other dogs. You know, you see these dog walkers, they're like, they have like five, six, ten dogs on leashes all walking together with them. It's crazy. When I was in Hawaii, mm-hmm, from the balcony of the place I was renting, I would always see this dog walker person. Like, he seemed okay. He didn't seem like a bum or anything. He seemed like he was making some money. Yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. And he was there walking on the beach. And you could see pretty much like it is very timely. So around 8 a.m. And then around kind of, yeah, 8 p.m. in the nighttime. Uh-huh. And he was walking dogs. He had a whole bunch with him. Mm-hmm. And he was just there. Sometimes he seemed to be with like a girlfriend or something, a woman. And sometimes he was alone with the dogs. Sometimes there's two dogs. Sometimes there's five dogs. But there's just walking dogs. Uh-huh. If you like animals, I guess it's a good thing. If you already have a dog, well, just go grab a few other dogs in your neighborhood and... Yeah, you can make that money. You can make that cash. He saw his business increase 250%. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to take you some actual business skill and all that stuff. It's not just about walking dogs if you really want to make money out of it. But still, still, if you live in a big city like New York, um, and there's supposed to be 600,000 dogs, I'm sure that in your actual kind of district or the place you are, You're gonna have at least a few families who have a dog that needs some walking. It's a definite yes. I mean, it has to be. It has to be. So, well, he started this, and you know how much he's made in 2022? Ooh, and that's in USD. $120,000. Yeah, that's pretty good. Just from his dog walking business. $120,000. Now, It's maybe not like a fortune, fortune 500, like maybe not like that, uh-huh. But for a guy who employs nine di- dog walkers and does this kind of as a oh, chill thing, uh-huh, it's pretty good, it's pretty good. So that's what he's making right now from dog walking, meaning that you could do the same if you wanted to. You know, like vice side hustles uh-huh, and these things like that. Well, maybe just maybe that could be a side hustle of yours mm-hmm. because it's pretty hip now to dog walk. For some reason, for some reason. And I have to say, I've talked to some people who are like, yeah, I dog walk on Saturdays. I mean, you have like being a Uber driver, dog walking. Those are all things that you can do that are very, um, well, very, you do it kind of on your own terms, own time. Yeah, which is wonderful. It's not like going at Starbucks from nine to five. So it's very, very different. And maybe just maybe, well, these types of jobs are, uh, well, Bloop, 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 burgeoning, blossoming, blossoming, uh huh, in our actual, well, contemporary lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Well, there's other dog sitters, of course, and other dog walkers. Now, if ever you have a dog and you want to figure out, well, which one is best for you, some of them have actually like some personalized plans. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that, uh huh. Very, very crazy stuff about. Well, personalized, meaning that, oh, you want to go walk on the beach? You want to go walk on the park? Do we go to the doggy park? Uh huh. So they offer you this kind of routine, this kind of where we're going to take your dog. Uh huh. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. It's like a bit, uh, well, the school for your kids. You need to know, like, are we going to take math, French, Chinese? Well, you could do that with your dog, too. You just need to find the right place. What I don't understand, though, is why would you purchase a dog uh-huh, and take care of it? And then, well, kind of, kind of, well, hire a dog walker. That I'm not, I'm still kind of not sure of, and that's why I don't have dogs, because I don't have time for dogs. That's why I wouldn't do it. But I don't like animals in general either, so I'm not the greatest judge. Mm-hmm. 
But why would you get a dog or an animal to have a dog walk or walk it? Understand, like, maybe on Saturdays, you know, you want to have some quiet time. It's a bit like kids. You, you get, like, an actual, well, nanny or, like, a, a babysitter, huh? But isn't it forcing you to actually go outside and walk? I've heard, like, from many, many people that they just got a dog because if not, they would be lazy. <laughs> and so this dog was helping them not be lazy. It was helping them, like, go outside, socialize, because at the dog park, you meet a whole bunch of other dog people, uh-huh. So you can make, like, boyfriend, girlfriend, just friends in general, because people who have dog, well, they know other people who have dogs. Why? Because it's like you're having dinner, and then your friends are like, well, we need to go back home to, well, get the dog out. You know, you've heard that. Who let the dogs out? Uh-huh. You've heard that before. And that, well, that sucks. Uh-huh. I mean, you're kind of restrained by your dog. I know, it's a bit like kids. It's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. So between actual dogs and actual kids, same, same. It's responsibilities. Uh-huh. It's big responsibilities. So you really need to know what you're in for when getting a dog. Like even a fish, even a turtle. I mean, even a hamster. You're going to need to be there and feed it. You will have to. And a dog is like at least twice a day. Plus like going out. So in, unless you have already like a big backyard and some places like that, dogs in the city, who. There's some crazy stuff. There's some crazy stuff. If you have a dog and you live in the city, well, you tell me in the comment section, how do you manage all of this? Like just the elevator, the syringes outdoors. Uh Uh-huh. All of these, like, debris. Do you go and, like, put some little, you know, some little muffles uh on your dog's paws? So he doesn't, like, bring inside a whole bunch of weird stuff. (laughs) Because, well, he walks outdoors and then he comes back inside, like... Do you wash his paws? How do you, how do you get it? How do you do it? Come some places in the city. They're pretty nasty. Yeah, pretty nasty. Like on Hastings? Oh, your dog could get AIDS. I'm pretty sure of it. Huh? I don't know if they can get that. But it's like there's syringes everywhere. Uh-huh. So it's kind of crazy. And fentanyl. And, well, you could get a high tube. <laughs> I don't know which one would be the worst. Mm-hmm. Okay, so well, dog walking is a possible side hustle. Now you know. Now you know, if ever you like to take long walks and you have a dog and you're looking for a way to make ends meet or add a little bit of something, a little bit of something mm-hmm, to your income, well, just think about asking a neighbor when you go and actually walk your dog to go walk theirs too, uh-huh, for a... Uh, Money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty awesome. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Why? Because after the short break, we're going to be talking about a ventriloquist. Yes, yes, yes. You know the people that talk with their bellies and their lips don't really move and they have this kind of puppet? It's creepy. It's scary. Well, what's their worst enemy, you think? We'll talk about this right after the short break. I get this. It's from London. Oh, Outstanding screen system of the future. 
You are listening to The Morning Show with your host, Piper Blush. If this title seems weird, it's because I forgot to change it, uh-huh. So you might be seeing penis enlargement. We talked about this yesterday on episode 121. Do not worry, this is not clickbait, uh-huh. Just forgot to switch my restream. Peace, yo. Well, the thing is, mm-hmm, if ever um, I was to be kind of a walker of some sort, I'd definitely be a turtle walker. Uh-huh. And I'd charge by the hour. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that would make a lot more sense, a lot more sense, mm-hmm. to actually have this going on that way. But, but, let's talk about the subject in hand right now, and that is a puppet, yeah, a puppet in your hand, a puppet that you would kind of put in your hand. Why? Because that, that's what a puppet is. Well, there's a marionette, a marionette usually you don't stuff your hand in it, no, no, no. A puppet you stuff your hand in, that's the difference. So you have marionette, uh-huh, is like the hand stuffing gesture, and then you have, well, yeah, marionette, uh-huh, marionette, which is, and then puppet, which is stuffing your hand in it. Yeah, puppet, hand, marionette, no hands, okay, no touching. Mm-hmm. Well, what is the ventriloquist? A ventriloquist is somebody, is somebody who actually, well, talks without talking. <gasps> what, uh, how do they do? So they just kind of talk with their insides, yet yeah, without moving their lips, their tongue, and their throat. Or kind of, it doesn't seem like they're talking, just leave their their actual mouth, mm-hmm. kind of a little bit closed sometimes, sometimes open, but you don't really see them, you don't really see them talk. And but why do they do this? They do this because they, they have this puppet, uh-huh. this puppet next to them that they, this puppet talks, uh, it talks. Now it was kind of seen as possessed at some point because people didn't know other people could do this, uh-huh. so they're like, oh my god, this puppet is talking like from from nothingness, from no- it's a puppet, it's unanimated. Well, it is because somebody stuffed their hand in it for one. Mm-hmm. And then the voice that you hear is actually the voice of the, well, the person, uh huh, the person who's there, the kind of comedian, the actor, the puppet master, uh huh. That's where it's from. So, well, what happens? What happens then is that there's a show that starts to like happen because they're kind of talking to each other. So the actual well. Puppet master talks, and then the puppet talks back, and then they exchange like this, and this is the show. Uh huh. It's the ventriloquist show. This is a complicated word. Uh huh. They call it ventriloquist. I think. I think because well, in French, ventre uh huh is like the belly. So it must be from from like this belly place because you talk, but since you're not very much moving your head, uh huh, or your your lips. Is is still it, it's kind of from the belly that you're talking. It's like very deep and it gets out. And the voice is a bit different than your normal natural voice, like the voice you're more comfortable in, your usual voice range in general. In general. Mm-hmm. Now, this person, this person, Peter Broad, Bro, Peter Bro. I think it's Bro. Uh huh. Peter Bro. Well, Peter Bro. He was uh, brought up in England. Mm-hmm. And, well, his father was a ventriloquist. Yes, 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 a ventriloquist. He would do shows and things like that. But at one point, his father decided to, well, more go in the textile business. Mm -hmm. You know, the arts sometimes and the money and all that stuff. Well, you need to really be dedicated and you need to know publicity. Uh So, well, he went into uh, the normal life. Like, he decided to get a job in the textile. But his son, his son, Peter, well, he always kind of practiced ventriloquist. Why? Well, because when your father does it, you're kind of already well, already close to it. You're already there, kind of. It's already there with you. So he did that. He did that. He practiced, he practiced, and practiced. But then at 15, he dropped out of school. <gasps> what? He dropped out of school? Why, Piper, would he drop out of school? Well, he dropped out of school because... 
he wanted to actually be kind of a salesman so he started as a you know they call them messenger or things like that so you just kind of go from places to place and uh, well put some papers in different places it's a bit like the mailman but different mm -hmm. in cities now we're talking we're talking like in the 1930s okay 1930s so that's why mm -hmm. that's why now he was doing this he wasn't being a salesman and he was he was okay at it i mean it was going good but on the side on the side he was always like ventriloquist mm -hmm. so what he would do he would kind of perform in places uh-huh in little spots and then at some point well his kind of side gig yeah his hobby his ventriloquism act became a bit bigger so he was kind of a regular yeah he was kind of a regular in some places so much so that at one point he earned his very own show meaning he could ditch like the salesman stuff and become an all all incomplete all incomplete all complete uh -huh, an all complete ventriloquist now he he like uh, well made his act a bit better you know because he practiced a lot he practiced a lot he had his uh, puppet there in his hand uh-huh and well at one point he was so good that he moved from these uh, little theater places to the radio uh-huh yeah i know we're talking radio why because it's so amazing to talk about radio because well actually actually i'm a radio host now piper blush the radio host mm -hmm. on wtpradio.com now well he had this show in the 1950s yes in the 1950s that's when he introduced his actual puppet yes his puppet his puppet's name is Archie Andrews. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now he did this whole skit with his puppet, and well, this this skit was amazing. It was really funny. So Archie was kind of a mischievous child, mm -hmm. and well, actually Peter, being kind of the the master, you know, the puppet master. Well, this this Archie was always kind of. You know, asking silly questions and uh, meaning he wanted to be like on top. Yeah, he wanted to be better than his master in general. Yeah, in general. So the thing, the thing was, the show was called Educating Archie. Uh -huh, and it was broadcasted on the radio. Yes, on the radio. Mm -hmm. We're talking 1950s, okay? 1950s. So that's uh, still far from TV. Mm -hmm, still far from TV. And, well, of course, he already had kind of a good reputation, this Peter guy, with his Archie. He was already deemed like the most successful young ventriloquist of England. And that was in 1941. That was even before. Mm -hmm. So in 1950, it just kind of makes sense that he would uh, be more mature, like in his prime as a ventriloquist. Mm -hmm. With this radio show, he had lots and lots of cut de cut. Lots of people were listening to him from all over. Yeah, you know how many... 15 million listeners imagine this 15 million listeners that's even more than some youtube videos out there that broadcast live uh-huh 15 million that's that's a lot that is a lot mm -hmm. so he was doing his uh, actual skit his show educating archie mm -hmm. it went really well he even had some support actors in there like benny hill and even like julie andrews was the girlfriend of uh, archie and so he had lots of support actors lots of collaborators that came to the show this was all broadcasted on radio and it was such a success i mean 15 million listeners this is amazing and a fan club with over 250,000 members that's a lot for back in the days i mean we're talking snail mail people no emails no emails uh-huh no emails at all so 
He was doing good. He was doing really, really good. So good that he came out with his own autobiography. Yeah, why not? I mean, why not? Mm -hmm. It was the right time. It was like super prime. Uh huh. So that's what he did. He started his autobiography. It also sold very well. And everything was going good for him. So he got the idea, or somebody got the idea, I don't know who, uh-huh, in 1956 to go to television. Yeah, the big screen, uh-huh. You know, after radio, some go television. I do all reverse. I go television, then I go radio. <laughs> It just depends on you. Um, so BBC, uh-huh, BBC hired him for a sitcom, a sitcom which they would call Here's Archie. Uh -huh. So before it was educating Archie and then it became Here's Archie. Well, I guess here's because you can kind of see it. You can see the puppet now, but you couldn't really see on the radio. You couldn't see the puppet. You couldn't see him. It's radio. Mm -hmm. Now, it went really well. And then even two years after, he was on ITV and he was doing another type of skit that was called again Educating Archie. So everything was doing good. Everything was doing real good. Until... Until, well, television kind of showcased something uh -huh, that uh, radio couldn't. What was it? Well, the lips. The lips, yes. The thing is, as a ventriloquist, well, on television, for it to seem real, you really need to not move your lips uh -huh, or your tongue. Because then it looks like you're actually talking and the puppet is not talking. Why? Because you're talking at its place. And the secret, the best thing about the ventriloquist is actually for the ventriloquist Not to look like he's talking. Your puppet needs to seem possessed. It seems to be like it's not you. But that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Because on TV, well, sometimes you could see his lips moving. And people, well, people that just, they didn't like that at all. Huh? They thought it was all fake. Though, you got to give it to the guy. Mm -hmm. Peter was actually, well, actually a real ventriloquist. I mean, he was team in 1941. The, like, best, most successful ventriloquist of all England. And that was just from stage appearances. Now, okay, if if we go into a bit of drama. Meaning, I know, like, if you're on a stage, it's kind of far from the stage. You don't see as many details. You don't see as many details. Uh -huh. And maybe, just maybe, well, he thought he was doing it right. But until he saw himself on TV, he realized that he was maybe moving his lips a little bit too much. Uh -huh, a little bit too much. But he couldn't, he couldn't, like rewatch his things and maybe just maybe because well his father or other people weren't there watching him all the time they couldn't correct him plus he had a radio show so maybe it started to slowly slowly kind of mm, go down maybe he didn't practice in the right way so he started actually while well, talking for the puppet when he's supposed to ventriloc and not talk uh -huh, not the same thing So the fans were pissed. Uh -huh. They did not like that. They felt cheated. Uh -huh. Even one guy, okay, a critic, uh -huh, a critic said, here I have it here. Uh -huh. Ventriloquist on the radio. I could even have done that. Uh -huh. Well, it's kind of true. I mean, a ventriloquist on the radio. You don't see the person talking. You don't see the puppet. So anybody can kind of imitate the ventriloquist on the radio. You're not seeing it. Get it? You're not seeing it. Uh -huh. But then when he passed on TV, yeah, all of his reputation, all he has built, it just kind of went down the drain. Uh -huh. People started not believing in his uh, super abilities of being a ventriloquist. So in 1961, after while well, his father passed away and all that, he decided to retire Archie. Mm -hmm. And he did a few appearances here and there. But I mean... For this guy, television was not a good thing. Uh -huh. It exposed some of his, uh, well, little 
defects, I guess, some of the little things that he could have worked on if he started on television, but he didn't. If you're on a stage and there's full of people, they're not going to really see like up close. Television gives you this focus. You see my face right now? You see it pretty clear. Uh -huh. You see it pretty clear. Now, the good thing about this is that I have this to, well, look at and correct myself or improve. But if you're always on radio and you're like, this sounds great, this sounds great, but you never see yourself, when, when you go on television, you have a lot of learning to do, huh? And a lot of recorrection to do. Because it's not the same medium. The medium is the message. Mm -hmm. So to be able to perform on a stage versus on radio versus on TV... Like a whole bunch of different mediums. Uh huh. You need to readapt every single time. And unfortunately, this guy, Peter, well, he wasn't very much able to adapt. And, well, that, that's what made his career kind of flop. Uh huh. It's just, well, pff, real fast, too. Uh huh. As soon as people saw that he was moving in his lips, they didn't believe anymore. Uh huh. It was all gone. Now I have a picture of him and his puppet, Charlie. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit scary. I know, it's a bit creepy, but I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. If you go to WTPRradio.com, mm -hmm. and then, well, you're going to see Charlie. Charlie, you can see him because of his, his costume. His costume is very, very intriguing. And then his eyes, well, he has kind of really big eyes. Uh -huh. You're not sure. You're not sure about Charlie. Mm -mm -mm. And, well, next to him is Peter, the ventriloquist. Yeah, amazing stuff. Now, this uh, Charlie puppet mm -hmm, was sold in November 2005 for the amount of 34,000 British pounds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, it was sold to some collection or I guess or some heritage. Now, this man, yes, this man's this did a whole bunch of collaboration, was in shows and TV shows and actual, well, movies and all of these things. Uh -huh. And, well, he just kind of went down the drain super fast because of the avenue of television. Imagine this. Imagine if it was a big shot on radio, but because he moved to television, it just all went down. <gasps> so sad. Well, now you know. Mm-hmm. And maybe, just maybe, that's why there's not that many ventriloquists. Because it must be very, very difficult to do it on the radio. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a ventriloquist. Like, on the radio, it's easy. But on video, you really need to not move any inch of you. Uh -huh. And so maybe, just maybe, is it possible? Is it impossible to do it, like on television, without people noticing? I'm not sure. Mm -mm -mm. Well... This is The Morning Show with your host, Piper Blush. And, well, we have the backstage area going on. After every show, there's a little backstage show for our fan club, VIP members. And it's free for a limited time only. So make sure you go grab your VIP pass. Mm -hmm. Very easy. All you need to do is go to WTPRradio.com, click Radio Live Cam. Oh, yeah. And there you can join us after any show to actually enjoy some one-on-one, uh, -on -one, some uh, backstage. You see the wires, you see the tie wraps, mm-hmm. You see the dust, yes. That's how we like it, in the backstage area. Plus, well, since there's less questions being asked and less things like that, we dive deeper, we talk about the subject more uh, deeply, mm-hmm. Now, thank you all for tuning in. This is Piper Blush. This was the morning show on the unpredictable radio for the bold listener. WTPRradio.com I get this. It's from London. Oh!
You are listening to the unpredictable radio for the role of the listener. With your host, Piper Blash. Very interesting individual. WTPR Vancouver.